As part of the Defense Department's consolidation of the organizations known as the Fourth Estate, the Defense Information Systems Agency and the DOD Chief Information Officer's staff conducted a survey of sorts. They looked at all of their applications to decide what stays, what goes, and where the surviving apps need to be hosted. John Hale is the Chief of Cloud Services at DISA. He tells executive editor Jason Miller about what they found in the application rationalization process. Based on direction from the senior leadership within the department, the DOD CIO's office and DISA went out to all of the Force State organizations, and we did a survey of all their applications. So we looked at the individual applications, uh, what they were hosted on, what environments there were, how many servers, storage, uh, interactions with other systems, all those kind of things. And out of that, uh, we, we put it through a series of software an- an analysis tools, and out of that we came out a set of recommendations, which uh, the DoD CIO's office uh, published in, in this uh, internal report, uh, and it basically states for every single fourth estate organization, uh, each individual application, what the right disposition for those applications are. And, and kind of there were four major buckets. Uh, one is it should go to Mill Cloud 2.0, uh, it should go to commercial cloud, off-prem commercial cloud, it should go to traditional hosting, or it should stay where it is. And so, for an example, um, you know, an, an, uh, an application that fits into a particular mission space may be well suited for MillCloud 2.0, whereas a, a different application, based on its interactions and its availability, may be better placed in an a off-prem commercial cloud capability. And then, you know, some, you know, if they aren't cloud ready. Maybe traditional hosting in a, in a core data center is the right place. And then others uh, where the mission demands it, they want to leave it where it is. So an example for that would be something like uh, the set of servers that control a uh, flight simulator, right? For, for purposes of the flight simulator, it needs to be co-located with the flight simulator, right? So no reason why you would ever relocate that. So those are kind of those are the buckets that went through, and, and those are the kind of the cases where we... You know, there are some that are going to stay, there are some that are going to move, there are some that are going to move to cloud. So that was that was all of it. So it's not a one-size-fits-all. Any surprises? Anything stand out to you? Did you find stuff you didn't know existed or, or the agencies or the services didn't know existed? Or, or what kind of trends did you see? So out of the report, I mean, I don't think there was anything that we really weren't, ex- weren't expecting. But what came out of the report was the fact that there are a lot of fourth eight organizations are doing the same basic activities. So the CMO is looking at that report now and saying, okay, how can we consolidate down applications? How can we do app rationalization? You know, if every, every fourth estate organization has an application that does, you know, customer resource management, right, CRM, why don't we just field one CRM solution for all the fourth estate organizations? So that's what the CMO is looking at is how can we then take that next level of, of action and, and say, you know, where can we consolidate down to even save more? It showed almost opportunities for, if for lack of a better word, the shared services, or at least to say, well, do we need, as you said, 10 CRM applications? Can we use one or two? And then go down that path. Was that kind of a, an extra benefit of this effort? Or did you guys have that planned out as, as yeah, we're going to, as part of looking at where things need to go, we're also going to get a better sense of what we have. No, it was actually an extra benefit. It was not, when we started doing the effort, it was not one of the core tenets of why we were doing this activity. But when we started getting the reports back and we started reporting back to senior leadership about what was going on, that's when it kind of started to, to kind of become the, to the forefront that there was this opportunity there that we hadn't necessarily thought about beforehand. 
So that's really where the analysis of the data is coming from. But like I said, the CMO is handling that, and so from a DoD perspective, and they're going to come back with a set of recommendations about what we what we standardize across from an enterprise perspective. When you look at the breakdown of where things go, are you able to give me any sort of 25%, or is, is it, did you see a, a, a lean in one way or another, or is it hard to say? I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but the numbers are roughly equivalent from a cloud versus traditional hosting perspective when you look at all the applications in the department. The number of applications that were slated to stay in place were actually pretty small, and they were very specific mission purpose applications. But yeah, so it was pretty much a kind of a Probably a 30, 30, 30, and then a, a few percent left over. So. One of the things that, that a lot of people are focused on is all the different cloud initiatives going on across DOD. Did this help you guys kind of understand better, for instance, hey, here's, for DIS's perspective, here's how much we should expect on Mill Cloud 2.0 in the next six months, year, two years, versus how much we think the commercial cloud. Is, is that another benefit of this effort? Oh, absolutely. So, so based on that data, uh, we can then size our environments to fit the demand signal. And likewise, we kind of know, and as we do future acquisitions, what the, what the size of the acquisitions need to be in order to, to meet all of our requirements. I imagine this, the specific information of this report probably will never be made public, but do you guys foresee a, a public version of this to help vendors or to help people outside of DoD, or is that unclear? I don't know if it's actually been discussed yet. You know, as I said, the report is owned by the DoD CIO's office. While we, we were intimately involved and, and helped out with the entire process, um, I, I would kind of have to defer, you know, I don't... I don't know what the ultimate plan is. So. The, the other big project, just to, to round out the conversation, is that Mocleto is the secret environment. I know it's just begun. You have some deadlines that are in front of you. Just talk generally what what's that mean and the long term benefit of having a secret environment for Milcloud. We started deploying our unclassified uh, Milcloud environment after the award. We've started to onboard multiple organizations onto that environment today. I, I have to say, I think we've worked out all the kinks to this point. So uh, we've started the install of the secret version of MealCloud 2.0. It's going to be available in August of this year to mission partners. And the real benefit there is that the mission partner will have the same environment to run their applications at both the unclassified and the classified environment. A lot of mission partners have the same type of application that run in multiple security levels in order to meet specific needs. Uh, and so it gives them the one kind of consistent environment across those. But likewise, we're still working with uh, a lot of commercial cloud providers who are going to also delve into the classified cloud market with us. Uh, and we're working with those guys to, to connect those up to the classified networks also. John Hale is Chief of Cloud Services at the Defense Information Systems Agency, speaking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller. Jason joins me now with more. Jason, this is one of many big cloud efforts at DOD. The Army is also aggressively moving into the cloud. Where are they at this point? Tom, one of the big things about the Army is that they're looking at a number of different fronts. I think last week you and I talked a little bit about the Army is really following the Air Force's lead. But then again, the Army is also doing something else. They're looking at a managed service provider or what they call an MSP contract. Now, this seems to take us back to uh, the future a little bit when we talk about managed services like an MCI, which was at the Navy, or seat management. And I think that they're starting to look at those areas too. And in fact, the, the Army has put out uh, a draft RFQ or a draft RFP trying to say, okay, Okay, what would this look like? Well, they want some input from uh, vendors, and, and they're really going down this path. And, and what's interesting about this, Tom, is 
is the Army's really trying to bring in a bunch of different lessons learned, including like data center doesn't equal cloud experience. Lift and shift is a myth. Don't just do a lift and shift. You have to do the app rationalization, which goes back to what John Hale was talking about at DISA. And then just because you tell me you know what's cloud doesn't mean it's really cloud. So there's a lot of lessons they're trying to apply through this managed service and other efforts. So basically cloud reporting is keeping you busy. There's never enough cloud information out there where, where there's always some between Jedi, between the Army, and now obviously between DISA. Federal News Network's Jason Miller, thanks so much. My pleasure, Tom. Check out all of his coverage at federalnewsnetwork.com. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at pluralsight.com vision.